Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. One procedure followed in most businesses today is the policy of solving every problem at the lowest possible level. When this policy is working well, the result is swifter elimination of problems, better utilization of mid-level management, and more efficient manpower all the way around. In theory, then, a problem in a research lab of an automobile factory should never become the concern of the president of the company. If a technician has a problem, his supervisor should remedy it. It would be a rare case indeed for a researcher, say, to take his problem to the president of the firm. But our story tonight deals with just such a rare case. It's very good of you to see me, Mr. Carson. Frankly, Cobb, I'm intrigued. My secretary tells me you've been phoning my office for three days and you won't tell her what you want to talk to me about. I'm not a crackpot, Mr. Carson. Oh, I hope not. Hate to have a crackpot down in research. Well, it's it's just something that, that only you can handle. Ah, you flatter me, Mr. Cobb. Now suppose we get to the problem. Well, I'm in the teardown lab. Uh-huh. You know what we do there. When a car comes in off test, we tear it apart piece by piece, right down to the smallest components and check for fit, wear, stress, I know work. what the teardown lab does. Go on. All right. Well, I discovered something about, about a week ago. At first, it didn't mean anything to me, but, but then I collected all the data I could and double-checked it. So I know it's really correct. Mr. Cobb, what are you talking about? All right. I'm talking about the new 288 engine we've been building since 1974, okay? What about the 288? Well, you know the reburn cycle that cuts the emission levels so low we never needed catalytic converters? Yeah. Well, I'm sure you realize this reburn cycle superheats the exhaust gas flow. I'm not an engineer, but I'm aware we've got a hotter exhaust port than other cars, so what? Well, Mr. Carson, are you aware of the fact that close to 2,288s have been involved in wrecks? Now, look, I'm trying awfully hard to follow you, but you're making it a little tough. First, you were talking about exhaust temperature. Now you want to talk about accident figures? Okay, here's what I'm saying, Mr. Carson. I'm saying that when you put exhaust gases that hot through the alloy we use in our exhaust manifolding, you get an ablation effect. Ablation? It's a wearing off. The heat turns part of the metal surface into a gas. So? Well, the gas particles are under one micron in diameter, so they'll pass through our filtering material. So what? You're saying this gas is dangerous? By itself, no. But when this gas reaches the inlet filter in cars equipped with air conditioning and it meets the coolant, 
it turns into a gas known as B-pyronine. B-pyronine, okay, so? B-pyronine is a nerve gas, Mr. Carson. It paralyzes the brain, it stops reflexes, it freezes your mind. There are a quarter of a million of our cars equipped with a 288 engine and factory air conditioning running around on the streets of America. And when the temperature is just right and all the windows are up, these cars can become gas chambers. What? There have been 513 fatalities in those 2,000 accidents, Mr. Carson. Now, wait a minute. Let's not jump to conclusions. I insist we shut down the 288 line. Shut it down? Yes. That is our basic engine. It's killing people. Says who? What's your job description, Cobb? I'm in the teardown analysis team. You're not a chemical engineer. Not now, but I was for the U.S. Army. Ten years in chemical warfare. And you want me to, in effect, shut down the whole V-8 assembly line? And suppose I don't. But you've got to. Or stop equipping those cars with air conditioning. Or or put a different alloy in the exhaust manifold. All right, all right. Let's not get excited. I'll have a study done and... A study? You've got to recall every 288 with air. Advertise, warn people. Are you out of your mind? Because if you don't, Mr. Carson, I will. Consider this. You are the president of a multi-million dollar auto manufacturing company, and suddenly an employee you never heard of threatens to undermine your whole empire. What would you do? Fire him? He'd run to the news media in a minute. Offer him a bribe to keep quiet? Suppose he takes it. Will it buy his silence forever or only until he wants more? Just what are Mr. Carson's options? And where are his loyalties? To the public or to the stockholders? Think about that for a minute, and we'll be right back with the rest of tonight's crisis radio drama, which is titled, The Bottom Line. And now, Crisis stars Mark Shapiro in The Bottom Line. Mr. Cobb, I appreciate your concern. Believe me, we're going to follow through on this. I hope you will, sir. And tell me, who else helped you on this research of yours? Who else knows about the, uh, uh what do you call that gas? B-pyronine. Yeah. Uh, no one. You've told no one? No. Your supervisor? Of course you told him. No, sir. Nobody else knows about it. No one at all. Oh, that's kind of hard to believe. You mean you came direct to me... Didn't let on to another soul what you found out? That's right. Why? Why? Yes, why? Because I knew what might happen if this story got out. I see. It could hurt the company, sir. Yeah, you might say that. Well, I commend you for your loyalty, Cobb. What's your first name? Lloyd. Lloyd P. Cobb. Well, Lloyd, you already appreciate the delicacy of the situation. Oh, yes, sir. I know I can count on your discretion a few days longer while we run this thing down and... Uh, do the right thing. Oh, you can count on me. Great. Oh, uh, Lloyd. Yes, sir. You mean you never even told your wife about this? Oh, no, sir. I, I don't have a wife. I'm a bachelor. I see. Well, again, thanks for your uh, loyalty. I'll, I'll be in touch. Uh, thank you, sir. Well, that dirty little bootlicker. 
Virginia, come in here. Yes, Mr. Carson? Got a heavy day tonight? No, no, sir. Good. By 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, I want these things. I want the Department of Transport figures on auto accidents by make since 1974. Got that? Yes, sir. And I want a book on poison gas, nerve gas, a special kind, B-pyronine. How do you spell that? I don't know. Get it. Yes, sir. And I want a printout on how many units we've sold with a 288 engine and air conditioning. Yes, sir. Going too fast for you? Now, I also want cost analysis to work a per-unit figure on a manifold change on the 288. Manifold change 288. Yes, sir. And then I want everything we have on that guy that just walked out of here. Cobb. Lloyd P. Cobb. Matt, I'm going to have the phone in my car yanked out. Chairman of the board deserves some privacy. I'm sorry, Bill. I really am. I was on my way to the Dearborn Inn for lunch with Henry Ford, no less. I knew his granddad, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Lunching with our competitors, huh? Now, what is so all-fired urgent, and it better be good? It's not good. It's bad. It's so bad I can't handle it by myself. It takes a Bill Haywood touch. Don't butter me up. You've been running the show better than a year now, and things haven't suffered from my being kicked upstairs. Bill, I need your thoughts. Yesterday afternoon, a guy named Lloyd P. Cobb walked in this office and threw me a bomb. Who is Lloyd P. Cobb? Works for us in the teardown lab. What the devil was he doing in your office? He was here to inform me that every car we build with a 288 engine and air conditioning is a potential killer. What are you talking about? He worked for the Army Chemical Warfare people before we hired him. And he claims the heat from the exhaust ports on the 288 changes part of the manifold into a poison gas when it leaks into the air conditioning system. What? He also suggests we've had more than our share of fatal accidents in cars with the 288 engine. Well, I hope you threw the bum out. Uh-uh. You see, he was right. The horse feathers. No. I've got the figures. It's a wonder Nader or someone at DOT hasn't glommed onto him before now. Since 1974, when we brought out the new 288 engine, 1,805 of our cars have been involved in accidents. Yeah, yeah but how many have we built? To the end of last month, 161,000 and some. A ratio of about one in every 89 cars has been wrecked. Uh, that isn't so out of line. Now listen to this. You know when 96% of the accidents happened? In the months of July through September. Huh? What does that tell you? That the overwhelming majority of accidents happened in hot months when the air conditioning would be on. And almost all of these accidents happened in the hot summer states. So you're saying this proves this Cobb's theory? There's more. Over 500 people died in those wrecks. From poison gas? We don't know. Of course you don't know. Nobody would check a fatality beyond the injuries and the accident, I suppose. Still, if a nerve gas were generated in a car with the windows rolled up, like when you have the air conditioning turned on, and it paralyzed the reflexes, you see what I mean, Bill? Yes, yes. Bill, you know more about the 288 engine than anyone else. It was my baby, all right. Then huh? tell me, I'm no engineer. Could the exhaust be hot enough to, what did he call it, uh, ablate the manifold? Ablate it? Yeah, the answer is yes. It yeah, could? Yeah, Don Wright, we projected an engine hour's lifespan on the 288 manifold of about three years or 50,000 miles of driving before the manifold would start to get loose on the block and have to be given a new gasket. That's due to the wearing away, ablation. Then you knew about it? About the ablation effect under high temps? Sure. What about the poison gas it generated? Heck no. Then Bill, we're between a rock and a hard spot. 
If we recall all 161,000 cars with factory air, pay for some new kind of manifold. Made, I might add, out of God knows what alloy to withstand the heat. And figure a standard shop time of three hours per car to do the job. You're talking about a ton of money. Over seven and a quarter million dollars. Not counting the replacement part itself and the recall mail And you haven't even touched on the costliest item of all. Which is? Why, shoot, man, the publicity. We're not exactly a GM or a Ford, you know. Word of this, this nerve gas thing get out, our cars wouldn't be worth a dime on the market. I know, I know. Suppose we, suppose we tool up and build us, uh, say, a, a stainless steel manifold like a lot of those Italians use. Then our replacement cost goes somewhere into the $150 range. Times 161,000 cars is, my God, $24,150,000. So you see, it's out of the question. But we've got to do something. Yeah, you're right. What? What was that wonderful old Nixon phrase? Stonewall it. Stonewall it? Matt, when you know you're guilty of sin, you've got only two ways to go. Confess or bluff it out. If we go public on this, the corporation knows it'll lose at least 24 million bucks in retooling. And, and recall comes to what? Another seven and a quarter? Plus the loss of customer confidence in our cars? Man, you might just as well close up shop today. We're out of business. And it all comes down to how we handle Cobb, doesn't it? Sure looks like it to me. I've got his file right here. File? What good will that do for you? Thought maybe I'd find something. To blackmail him with? Don't be ridiculous. I can try to bribe him. No good, Matt. He only makes 18 a year with No him. good. You could hand him a thousand, a ten thousand, a hundred thousand, and you'd still have him walking around like, uh, well, like you said it yourself, like a bomb. And what the devil do I do? I'm going to lunch, Matt. Bill, word of advice, son. The fewer people who know about any of this, uh, the easier to clean up the mess. Bill, counsel with me. Okay, Mr. Company President. When I was in your chair there, no matter what happened, no matter how I felt or what my personal feelings were, there was only one thing to consider. The bottom line. When the chips are down, Matthew... You do what you have to do to keep a healthy bottom line. I'm going to lunch with Henry Ford. Maybe he'll uh, slip and tell me what the new Granados will look like. Money, position, influence. Some men would ransom everything in life to be in the position of Matthew Carson, president of an enormous industrial complex. But all of Carson's money, position, and influence are suddenly impotent in the face of one undistinguished man, Lloyd P. Cobb, a minor research technician who has stumbled onto a catastrophic fact... Under the right conditions, the cars the company makes can generate a lethal nerve gas. Three days have passed, days in which Matt Carson has agonized over the problem and steadfastly rejected the one solution which keeps presenting itself in his mind. Get rid of Cobb. Permanently. You don't look well, Mr. Carson. I don't sleep much, Virginia. I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. Take it here at my desk. Mr. Carson's office? Oh, yes, Mr. Hayward. One moment, sir. It's Mr. Hayward. Fine, I'll take it. Well, I'll just take these papers out. Bill? 
Matt. Uh, say, I just had a bright idea. I'm listening. Well, uh, with the weekend coming up, uh, I thought maybe you'd like to take our mutual friend for a little boat ride on Lake Michigan. I uh, won't be using the yacht this weekend. You mean I... Yes, that's right. Uh, I know you've been looking for some way to uh, entertain him. Look, Bill, I could never do anything like that. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, there's a crew of three standing by. All you have to do is uh, come aboard, and I can guarantee they won't bother you. Uh, happy sailing. Bill? Uh, Virginia? Y- yes, sir? I was just going out with these papers. Are you all right, Mr. Carson? Uh, get a hold of Lloyd P. Cobb. Please have him call me. I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. What's that, Lloyd? Well, me, being here on the Hayward yacht. Well, in view of your contribution to the company, it's certainly the least we could do. Jesus, it's getting dark. Yeah. You know, this far from shore, it must be like being on the ocean. Very similar, yes. Uh, uh, Mr. Carson. What is it? Well, I was wondering, uh, have you decided what the company's going to do about that, uh... Exhaust problem I brought to your attention? Why, yes, as a matter of fact, I uh, have made a decision on that. Uh, may I ask uh, what it is? Yes, Lord, you're entitled to know. Let's walk over here to the stern rail. Sure, whatever you say, sir. Yeah, this is good. You see, Cobb, a man in my position hasn't as many options as you might think he has. I mean president of a big company might seem to be the boss, but he isn't. The real bosses are the stockholders. You have to deliver a strong bottom line or you're out. You know what I mean? Uh, I think so. Now, you came to me with a terrible situation. The products we build and sell are harming people. We had no idea, of course, but there it is. Something's got to be done. Lloyd, Do you know how much it would cost us to recall every car that has had that problem and fix them? Over $24 million. Man, alive. I don't know whether you own any stock in the company, but if we lost that kind of money, frankly, we'd be down the tube. You see, the company has already extended to three big banks for millions. I I didn't know. No, of course you didn't. But you see, when you came to me, Lord, you put us in a box. You were in possession of information that could destroy us. The livelihood of 36,000 men and women depends on this company keeping its head above water. And the stockholders with their savings in our company. And they deserve a return on their investment, don't you think? Well, sure. So you see, Lloyd, what I'm trying to tell you is there's no way we can pull in those cars. There's no way we can let the public know what you know. We can't. Then then what are you going to do? We'll make a running change on the 288 manifolds. We'll start using a different alloy as soon as we can find one that meets the price of the old one. That's all we can do. But your cars killed people. Cars don't kill people. People kill people. No, I mean innocent people. People who died just because they used their cars the way the handbook says to. I can't help those people. I can't bring them back. Who knew about your lousy poison gas? Whoever dreamed it? I'm really sorry you're taking this attitude, Mr. Carson. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sorry you ever stuck your nose in where it didn't belong. But what are you going to do with that? 
His gun? You're so good at figuring things out. Oh, you wouldn't, Mr. Carson. You wouldn't do that. Get over by the rail. Oh, please, I... Oh, what are you going to do that for? I don't want to do it. What choice do you give me? I'm fresh out of options, Cobb. Yes, Mr. Hayward? Oh, come in, Virginia. They're still out in the waiting room. Oh, you give him some coffee and snacks? Yes, sir. Oh, then let him wait. I want to read this to you. All right. <clears throat> uh, W.K. Hayward, chairman of the board, etc., etc., expresses his shock and sorrow over the accidental drowning of Lloyd P. Cobb, research scientist, and Matthew B. Carson, president of the corporation, aboard the company yacht in Lake Michigan yesterday. As a witness to the tragic accident, Mr. Hayward stated that Mr. Cobb lost his footing and fell overboard while attempting to retrieve his hat, and Mr. Carson plunged into the frigid water in an attempt to save him. All attempts to recover both victims' bodies were prevented by the darkness and the rough water. Uh, Mr. Hayward, who was elected to chairmanship of the board 14 months ago, has graciously offered to resume the presidency until a new president of the corporation can be selected. How's that? Just fine, Mr. Hayward. Yes, yes, I think they'll buy that. Okay, uh, take it down and have it run off and give it to him. Yes, sir. Is there anything I can get you, Mr. Hayward? Oh, uh, no, no, Jenny. I, I think I know where everything is in this office. In fact, uh, it's funny. I feel right at home. Right at home. A prudent man leaves nothing to chance. No loose ends. And in W.K. Hayward, we have a portrait of a man who always does the expedient thing, the prudent thing, including seeing to it that no one is left to air the corporate dirty linen. We'll be back in one minute with the names of tonight's players and a preview of next week's Crisis. Tonight, Crisis featured Mark Shapiro as Carson, John Amendola as Cobb, and Paul Herlinger as Hayward, with Pat French as the secretary. Sound created by Jeff Thompson, engineering by Carney Barton at Audio Recording Incorporated. The Bottom Line was written and directed by yours truly, Jim French, who invites you to join us here next week for Crisis. Crisis. <laughs>